that me on? Yeah. Well, how's everybody doing? Good, good, good. You're all very welcome. Why don't you turn around just as I fix this? Why don't you turn around just wave to somebody, say hello, tell them you like the look of their eyes if they have a mask on. And you can say they're looking great. Okay. Yes, I know. You're welcome. Is anybody else noticing that the, the days are just stretching that wee bit longer? The mornings are brighter. I'm like, yes. You know, not that I'm always up that early to notice, but mind you, you know, I do find in the evenings is always great. So we're, we're, we're getting there. That we're in February already, which is like, how did that happen? You know, so, uh, yeah, I know some smart person is going to say the sun goes down and back up again. So, um, But, yeah, no, you're all very welcome again. It is, it's good to be back on Sunday again, which is, which is great. So as you can see, we're starting a new series this morning. We're starting a series called Stepping Into, and it's all about a life empowered by the Spirit. Now, if you've been with us through the month of January, we had our Catch the Fire series, and really that was looking up a lot about you know, catching the things of God, really focusing ourselves again back to what is it God saying, what is God doing, what is God speaking, and really just trying to catch hold of that. And we had uh, just a lot of great speakers through that. And I know there was great feedback, and also I know that was encouraging for, for a lot of us as well. So... Um, if you haven't caught up on that, again, I encourage you to do that online. But over the next February and March, we're really, over the next 68 weeks, we're really going to be looking at, particularly one, because we've had a lot of change. Obviously, we don't need to talk about the fact of COVID and, you know, in a, in a small church of VR. And we actually, I was talking, Thomas te- sent me, Thomas McKibben sent me a text. It was three years this Sunday that we moved. Is that right, Thomas? Three years this Sunday? That we moved from Sunday evening to Sunday mornings. Which is only three years though. I'm like, it feels like it's been longer, <laughs> you know. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's like. And then in Easter this coming, we will be four years that we've officially been in this building. So a lot has happened in a short space of time, right? Which is was just fantastic, you know. And I think that's, you know, is uh, just testament what God's going to do, and we'll see, you know, expecting what He's going to do in the future. But some of you again, when I spoken in just a couple of weeks back, I really felt like during Christmas time. The Lord had spoken, particularly in the week of prayer and fasting. He was speaking a number of different things, but there was this phrase that just really felt like he was saying, and it was a sum total of what people were saying, but also just, just this phrase that just kept sticking with me, and it's, as a community, we are to step into the God story for, our, you know, as a church, we have to step into the God story for our communities. And over the next six to eight months, you know, we've talked about before, and we, we've been meeting as, you know, as a wider team, and there's going to be creative stuff coming up where we're really going to begin to go, how can we practically reach our community, but also establish our community, so you're going to continue to hear just some exciting plans. And again, we did mention about you know the executive for, for churches. We we still you know for this week we you know masks in and out. You, the the guidance obviously are always changing. And we encourage you you know where what is comfortable. Things will as so sad as we move out and we phase things. We want you to know that you you still have the space to continue to wear masks and, and ask people to distance. We still want to if that's something you want to do. But as time goes on, consultant, <coughs> just some of the different MLAs that we know. You know, as a church, we are hopefully then going to bring back prayer ministry and, and get into home groups because one, the guidance is allowed it, but we want to be smart about it and, you know, just because we are aware of that. So just know that over the next, tick, particularly on emails, we'll go out and church suite and also Facebooks, we'll, we'll keep you up to date with that. But we're really excited. we just got to continue to move forward. And I think, you know, we are, the numbers are good and, and, and things are really looking, looking positive, So, um, which, is, which is healthy. So as I says, we want to really step into what we can catch the thing that God sent, but now it's about stepping into that. And just over this next period, you know, actually, Jerry, your word was spot on about talking about God wants to give his gifts. And I really just felt like really simply God was like, actually, I want to do a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things over the next, you know, it's not just all going to be about all that, because there's, I mean, you're going to be here for, we'll talk about it for the rest of our lives, but you know, specifically there are certain things when it comes to prophecy, when it comes to healing, when it comes to, you know, hearing the voice of God and all those different things, the, the gifts that God wants us to do so we can step into the story that he's writing in our community because we can't do it on our own. So we want to begin the fan and the flame, the things of the Spirit of God that he's already doing in our midst. We want to get hungry for that again. So we're going to really look at, we have, uh, you know, some really exciting people coming down, some you know that actually are just really going to bring what they carry and, and what God's been doing in their lives. So uh, I'm just really excited for it. But it's just over the next while, it's going to be God is good. And he's not angry at us. He's not withholding from us. And, you know, he is writing a story in our community that all of us, I know so many of you are like, we want to do this, this, and this, and we want to step in to what God's saying, but we can't do it on our own strength. And all of us 
have gifts and talents that God has given us from birth, but also then wants to give us by his spirit. And I believe over the next six to eight weeks that actually we begin to, we're going to create space. This isn't going to be a sermon series where we just talk the talk, but actually we are going to create space so that God can come in his presence and his power and with his gifts so actually we can we can do that. And hopefully, you know, you come hungry and you stir that again. And actually, Jerry, what Jerry said is, you know, maybe you've laid it down, maybe you've put it away and go, I've been praying for, you know, the gifts of the spirit and I, I've been seeking after that. And, and God, you know what, you haven't given me what I've been looking for and you know we're going to really look at particularly today if you want if you have your Bibles or if you have it on your phone Judges 68 which we're going to look at the life of Gideon just to actually then really see that actually what God can do through people here here well okay so for today I want to really look at stepping into what seems impossible sounds great grand and you know glorious right but actually the life of Gideon shows us something about stepping into what seemed impossible and for us you know, in our community here and now, you know, we look around this room and we have people from different backgrounds, different walks of life and different belief systems actually. And God is telling us that our community is, is, is needing saved, needing healed, transformed. And, you know, we're out there and, and particularly in these times, it's very obvious to see that people want hope. People want joy. People want something. They want life. The things that we sing about and the things that we talk about, our community wants it. And actually, you know, over the next way we're going to do that, but we all get to play a part in doing that, not just a one-man band, right? So I want to ask you, have you ever just been around someone who just seems to ooze Jesus? Just someone you go, I want to rub shoulders with them, you know? And you wouldn't, nowadays you believe with COVID, you go, that's weird, right? Or even in general, but uh, it just is something about that person. You go, man, I just, I feel close to you. It's not that they're perfect. It's not that they've got it all together. But, and because they may have been through a lot in their lives, but it just seems like when you're around them, man, I just feel like I'm like Jesus is near, right? You know, there's people in your mind that you're coming to, right? Or what about certain environments, you know, churches or places you go to or communities that you go to and it just seems like God is so near when you walk in the doors and it's not just because they're welcoming and they're smiling, you know, it's like, you know, in the worship or, you know, when someone's speaking, it just seems like even when you're talking to people at, the, you know, their cafe or whatever it may be, even, even as you go to the toilet, you know, it's just like God is near, right? And you know, I wasn't planning on going there, but uh, it just feels like when you go into those places, it's like it feels like there's freedom. You know, it's like freedom, and like your inner brave heart comes out. You know, William Ball's like freedom, right? And you just go, oh, I just. There, and we, you know, a lot of us have been through a lot in our lives, and we've been to different churches, and we've, you know, God's brought us on His journey. So you'll maybe tasted this. Now, it's not this freedom where you can do whatever you want and all things go. That's not the case because people are actually, you know, are hungry for more of God and to be obedient. But there is just this, it's hard to describe, right? And it's just going, oh, you know, and that's what this series is about. It's, it's recapturing, but it's also refocusing because we have a lot of, you know, we have new people coming to our church and, and it's also good for us just to remember because, and, and get back to refocus because, you know, the, the spirit of God and the, the trinity of God and, and the things that he has for us is really central to, to what we need to do because we need his power. We need his presence, right? And I know a lot of you here are hungry, so I just want to say this, without the power of the Holy Spirit, like we wouldn't even be able to know Jesus. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, we'd be able to hear from God. Without the power of the Spirit, we wouldn't even be able to say Jesus was the Lord, the leader, and the Savior of our lives, right? Really, really simple. But it's only in the power of the Holy Spirit that, you know, our, our angry hearts or our, you know, sad hearts can be healed and, and, and restored. But it's only there with our confused minds that actually through the power of the Spirit that we can get clarity, Right? But it's only then in the power of the Holy Spirit where the sick can be made well or those without hope can get hope again. And when we see these stories, when we experience these stories or when we come into communities where those are happening, it can't help but just go, oh, I want to taste that, right? You know, when you, the stories are being spread and the testimonies when, you know, when a person gives their life to Jesus. I know uh, when Heather preached last week, uh, there was a there was a lady who hadn't been coming to church for you know since she was a child and and all of a sudden after Heather preaches one week the girl gives 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 her life back to Jesus and we're like we do this every week and come on Heather you know right no that's not because of Heather because Heather I can tell you that actually you know she got up there in fear and tremble but actually when the spirit of God comes because it's not on our own strength it's on His and hopefully that encourages us right. And when we're around that, we go, it's like, you know, when like the, ooh, I want that again, you know, it gets us to the place where we go, you know, it takes our eyes off everything else around us and goes, God's still moving, God's still on the throne and God's still up to something, right? It's like anything can happen. You know, when you hear, I don't know, maybe I've heard this, but maybe you have where when somebody gives their life to Jesus or when we see the testimonies, they'll often, and the spirit of God moves in their life for the first time, they often are saying, it's like I see life 
in colours. Anybody know what I, you ever heard that? Where I just, so all of a sudden, like everything was black and white and now I see in colour. And, or like the light bulb came on. Anybody heard that, right? Does that, yeah, yeah, right? Does anybody remember those old 3D glasses, the paper thin ones that when you went to cinema, you know, like these ones here? You know, like, you know, you know these ones? <gasps> you're all 3D. It's like you're actually really here, you know? And uh, you know those ones, right? It's like when, it's like all of a sudden what was black and white, I can now see in 3D, right? It's like, wow, I'm gonna wear these the rest of the sermon, okay? <laughs> so, I can't even see Maxine, what doing? I'll not do that, right? Uh, <laughs> but when it's this, when we talk about those seeing and color, it's the cleansing, it's the it's the being able to see in color, the light bulb moments. They don't. I I've, I've discovered this. That that doesn't only describe when we when we get, have our first salvation moment, when the light bulb moment comes on, when we see in color. That that for me, I'm convinced, isn't only for them. It's actually throughout our lives. How do I know that? Because that's been my life. I'm thankful for the grace of God and the power of God in my life. And I know that has been for you too. That actually we begin to see, as the Spirit of God touches us, we see life in a whole new way, a new ray of color. It makes, it just looks different, right? And I know, I stand here, you know, you know, in front of you as, you know, as the leader of this church going, I've got baggage. And you know what? I will still have more baggage to work through. And I know all of us are the same. You know, it doesn't matter if you're in counseling or you're in pastor or mentor, whatever it may be. It's, we all know is we all have stuff. Right, and that's what we do talk about in this church. But I have to tell you that my testimony, my story, and I know for a lot of you is, is the spirit of God. I'm so glad that the light bulb moments didn't happen when it was just when I gave my life to Jesus, because it just would only get darker from there. Because how many of you know when a light bulb, after a while, you know, it gets used, it, it it dies out. So the light bulb always has to be recharged, restarted. And we, there's some of the stuff that actually came up, you know, in in what what was was spoken there in the prophetic time. So. I've discovered, and I know a lot of you have as well, is as we open ourselves up to the power and the presence of God, it's like, I see differently again. I'll put the back on. The light bulbs come on again. It's like, that is just this. And that's what we talk about when we go to those places. Is, is like the light bulb is constantly being recharged, restarted. There's something happening in our lives. I mean, that's what we want, right? And that's what our community wants. It's what we're hungry for. It's like that, and it's not about feeling, by the way. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, because that, that's just, you know, chasing feeling is not what it's about. But it's something about a, a restarting, that, you know, of perspective, of, of, of healing, whatever it may be, that actually we all want and our community wants. Our community wants to taste life. Our community wants to taste the joy, the love, the peace. We do. But they don't want religion. They don't want religion on their lips. They don't want to hear what they have to do because actually that's, that's workspace in order to get, you know, we can't use the structures of, of church in order to bring about the fruits of the Spirit. No, we have to have the power of the Holy Spirit that brings about the fruits of the Spirit, right? And actually that's what it's about when you enter, walk into religion because you use systems. Like anything can be used in a religious setting when it's used to try and bring it out the fruits are the, the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives instead of actually reliance because all structures and all tools and all techniques are subservient to the power of God. And, and when we see life in color, when those light bulb moments come on, is we begin to see what we couldn't see before. It's like you know, when, you, when you had those glasses on and you looked at the, I should have put up a 3D picture actually, but you couldn't see, but then it didn't want it to be exclusive because you know, we all can see, right? But actually, so this analogy is inadequate, right? But it's like you could take your own thing sometimes, you know. And if the picture was on, when, all of a sudden when the Spirit of God shows you something, it's like what didn't make sense now makes sense. It's like what you couldn't see before, you now can see. And that's what happens when the Spirit of God comes. It's like this new lens, right? And, you know, it's through only by the power of the Holy Spirit that that can happen. You see, without the Holy Spirit, we can't have life. Without the Holy Spirit, Christianity and church is dry, monotonous, and mundane. Without the Holy Spirit, our freedom efforts in order, or our efforts in order to bring freedom in our community will be draining and wearisome. We will try to do it on our own strength and we will burn out. We will try to bring light, but actually all of a sudden the watts in the light bulb will die out. You know when that filament cracks, that happens, right? And the Holy Spirit is not a strange entity, but actually he's fully deity. See, he's fully God. He's fully one with the plans and purposes of the Father and the Holy and the Son, so that He, so that they may move in power, so that actually the plans and purposes for you and I will be brought in our lives. 
And it is why over the next 68 months, as we step in to the story that God's writing, that we would, over the next 68 weeks, get hungry, reposition ourselves to, so we may step in to a new experience of the Holy Spirit, a fresh encounter, whatever language you want to use, but actually something that the in our hearts, regardless if we come here so that actually we may be fed in a way or whether we may have heart surgery or whatever God wants to do, that actually we may come and we may experience something new of him so that we can go and actually give that life and that freedom to others. Now you might be here going, I don't know if I have time for this. You may be going, my life is busy. I, I, you know, It's crazy, I'm a mess or... I don't want the Holy Spirit to come and mess everything up. I've got all my neat pile ready, okay? My, this is my, you know, my, I've got everything in order and I don't want God coming and, you know, rejigging it. I need my comfort right now. I remember Heather last week admitted she was a control freak, right? And I think Fiona kept laughing. Fiona came after, she's like, I'm a control freak too. I'm Fiona and I'm a control freak. I know how this is. But if we're all honest, we all are, right? Come on, who's going to admit, who's the control freaks in the room? See those, don't have your hand up. You are, right? And I'm not here to start what I'm going to call a CFA, a Control Freaks Anonymous group, right? That's not what we're about, right? Because we just need to admit it. I'm going to need God's help. But we can either, I find we can either resist the move of the Spirit in our lives or we can embrace it. Because how much do you know that God is the prime mover? He's going to have his way whether we are dry kicking. God, I actually don't believe God drags you. We're the ones that stay there. And actually we contend, we are the ones that, you know, get stuck in it and it's in us. But actually the Spirit of God still wants to move. And actually it's, it's sometimes... You know, how he wants to come, it's up to him. All we can do is be open, okay? He's God, and when he moves, you know, sometimes he can overwhelm us emotionally. Sometimes he can overwhelm us physically. Or sometimes we can, actually, it's just a simple whisper that changes the direction, it changes the perspective that we go, i never seen it like that before. How he comes is up to him, but we have to be open. We can't dictate how he comes. And we also can't be like a funnel that says, God, you're only coming this way. You're only coming this way. Anybody tried to do that, right? You know, like a, and God, can, God comes how he wants to come. Now, we can either dwell in our struggles, our, our self-pities. You mean, yeah, I, I might be good at competing at that one. That actually, and we don't allow the spirit to come. Or we can go, do you know what? I'm really busy and I don't wait. You know, the early church had to wait how many days for the spirit of God to come? They had to keep coming back after their work every day, every day. Or we can be here and go, I don't feel spiritual enough. I'm not like so-and-so. I can't give words. I can't do this. I can't do that. But if we want, li- we want the lives in our communities to be filled with flavor and color, the salt and the light, then we need to pray. And so let's pray. So Father, we, Father we're hungry. We, we want to see you come Spirit, we want to see you come and power. We want, we're hungry for not, not a, an ex, just an experience of feeling and a touch for, for that sake, but God, we, we actually want a tangible change in our lives. We, we, we seek repentance. We seek you know, sanctification. We need to be changed from the inside out. We, we need our communities to be changed, our cultures to be transformed. So Holy Spirit, we, we need your empowering. We need, we need you to empower us and to equip us. We need your gifts and your presence to, to lead us so that actually we may be effective in ministry and, and that life may flow and love may flow. So Father, I just pray, we pray as a community that we're hungry to see you come. We want to see what you can do and move in our midst so powerfully and so tangibly. God, we ask for it. Amen. So if you can go to Judges 68, I want to look at the life of Gideon. Now, I'm going to pray one. I can't get all three Gideon and, you know, I'm not going to do it justice at all. But I want to just do an overview. I think it's helpful to look. And if you can, go to, to Judges 6 and 8 and read through through that. The story's really great as well. So I'd encourage you. But just for a bit of context, okay, uh, Judges 6 is where we'll start. When we read at the time of Gideon, we read what well, the context and what we're seeing is uh, the people of God have. I mean, no surprise, surprise, right? Is they've backslidden. Time of Judges, you know, there's no king. It, it, the prophetic is really important. The, the prophets, the calling the back of people of God, the, the tribes of Israel, you know, like all of us today, you know, the backslidden and they're doing their own thing. And we read in this context that actually the people there was there's a people called the Midianites and the Malachites and they were stealing the Israelites f- the food their livelihood and they were bullying in what they called caves uh, and and closings but actually they're just basically isolation and 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 hiding okay 
And in Judges 6, 6, again, if you have, have your Bibles, it says this, that Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, that the children of God cried out to the Lord. You see, this is a story where we see a people who were struggling and they were calling out, they were asking God for help. And I believe this story that we all read is for us today as a church and as a community. You see, moving on from COVID, because that you know, is, is yesterday's news at times as well, but we, we don't be oblivious, is our communities are still impoverished. You know, whether it's the climate issues, whether it's the threats of countries going to war again, or whether it's the Northern Ireland Protocols. I'm not here to get into any political debates, right? But there always just seems to be something. What about churches? You know, I keep hearing stats. People keep saying that all of the ch- everybody's watching church online. I was driving, as I was getting my car motivated this morning, I was driving back and it was like online 24-7, open 24-7, right? And people are believing that the more stats that people are getting online or, or the church are moving online. And can I be honest? Actually, I don't really agree with it and I don't believe it. I really believe people are still isolated spiritually, so- socially and emotionally, that they're using that as an excuse to hide and to pull away from community. And I don't believe for one second and actually, you know, I believe church is an online tool, but it should never be the replacement. And it's something that we have to be, really aware of because people are, are impoverished. They're, what does that mean? Well, they're dry, they're stuck, they're isolated. But you know what? They stop asking God for help. And as a church, we can't sit back and we can't sit around and watch that happen. We have to, we can't watch them just go into disappointment. We can't watch them go into discouragement. But we have to decide as a people of God and the remnant, if you like, that actually are we going to intercede on their behalf? Are we going to give the honest word? Are we going to encourage them and build them up again and say, hey, look, I know things are hard, but come, I'll walk with you. See, what should we do? Like the people of Israel that we're going to read about is, and what they cried out, They cried out for help in a time of intercession. They cried out. They knocked on the door of heaven. They they, they said, God, we're crying out to you. The land, the the, the current situation is not the best. It's not that we get doom and gloom. We we just have a reality check. And it's time for us to cry out like never before over our communities, over our friends who maybe walked away from church. But that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit to empower us, but also to equip us. And it's only through that that we have the strength to see our, ho- our communities have hope and breakthrough again. And that's what the Israelites did in Judges. You know that, does anybody else know that, that verse in Isaiah 62? It says, you watchmen, give yourselves no rest to give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem in his midst. We have to, God is calling us to call out, to cry out. You know, it is an exaggeration this, but John Wesley once said that God does nothing through, God does nothing except in answer to prayer. It is an exaggeration, but you know what? There's truth in it. We have to pray. We have to intercede and go, God, we need you to move. We need a move of your Holy Spirit. But you know what? Too many of us think this is the way it's to be or we can do it on our own strength. We have to ask. We have to ask. You know, we have to receive, you know, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for everyone who asks, receives, right? But how much more will our Earth or our heavenly Father in heaven give spiritual gifts, give gifts to those who asked them, right? We need to be praying, we need to be seeking. Because what we see and what we will see is the people of God, as soon as they started praying, as soon as they started uh, crying out to God again in a new way, that in Judges 6 7 it says that the Lord sent the prophet. See, when, and God spoke, you see, when we pray, the prophetic is raised up in a new way. When we seek and intercede, God begins to speak. And we need that fresh word. We need it through scripture. We need it through its spirit for him to come to speak so that we may be, have direction. And it's why our prayer meetings, don't, we don't come with our own lists and our agendas. We come and we pray and we do say, oh God, there's, a, there's something we need you to move, but then we have to listen. Prayer is always followed by prophetic, which then we listen and we step in. But we will never see our community changed by the sum total of our grand ideas, right? And I believe Judges shows us a bit of a pattern. It says, when we pray, the prophetic is raised up in a new way, but then the anointing comes upon people of God. We see here that it was Gideon. Now, it's not a one-man band. We do remove everything in individualism, whether you, you think you're the one who only has all the gifts or whether, you know, you go, actually, I'm not the one who can receive any gifts. The s- scripture says that the anointing that rested on Jesus rests on you, and that you is plural. It's a church. Now you may again might be here thinking, you know what? There's no way God can use me. I'm no Billy Graham. I'm no Jackie Pullinger. I'm no Francis Chan. I'm no Bill Johnson. Whoever, whoever the 
your person is, right? I'm not like them. They just, there's something about them. They were born under a star. They were born under a big oak tree, right? And we just disqualify ourselves. And we look around and we go, you know, I'm struggling spiritually. I'm struggling emotionally. I've got all this baggage that we talked about. Do you know, I don't even feel like I know God very well. Like I speak and the opposite happens. But do you know what? It's not down to you, Tim. But do you know what? If you don't feel like you're up for it, I agree with you. Look at us. Us. But you know who else felt like that? Gideon. <laughs> Raymond's laughing. See, where was Gideon when the people were, were stuck, isolated, and far from God? He was hiding in a wine cellar. Now, not getting drunk, by the way. He was, he was, he was, he was uh, sifting his wheat. Or he was making whiskey, but that's probably a different conversation, right? Judges 6.11, you'll see, And the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the tree of Oprah. Maybe that's where she got her name from. Uh, that belonged to Joaz uh, the, the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep him from the Midianites. You see, Gideon was so afraid of the Midianites that he threshed wheat in a wine press. I mean, that's like cooking your dinner in the bathroom. Who's going to go cook their Sunday dinner in the bathroom, right? Unless he, well, uh, or he made my joke. But God, in his power, saw Gideon's situation completely differently. Listen to this. So Gideon, remember, he's hiding, right? 6.11 says this. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said this. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior of valor. Mighty warrior of valor. I mean, is God humorous? But what's even funnier is Gideon wasn't even phased by that statement. But rather it was like he was waiting on God to have a word with him. He says in, six, in 13, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this bad stuff happened to us? Anybody else been like that? Now he didn't give up completely. He wasn't in complete complaint, right? But he goes on to say in 13, Where are all the miracles? Where are all the wonders? As other translations say, Which our fathers told us about. The testimonies, the stories where we've seen the power and spirit of God come. Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt out of captivity? But now the Lord has abandoned us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianite. I mean, anybody hear the self-pity, the complaining, right? You see, Gideon, he wasn't oblivious, oblivious to the situation that he was in. But he had been encouraging himself, if you listen to it, he had been sitting in that place, encouraging himself, listening to the things that God had done before, reminding himself of the stories that had been heard. Gideon knew the struggles, he, he knew the need for freedom for the people of God. And he knew in his heart, his heart that God was the only one who had the power to do it. I mean, the power to do it. I love how the Lord replies. He doesn't say, Gideon, get up and quit your complaining. Pull up. Pull up your socks, you big complainer. He says, or he doesn't say, you lock out yourself into this mess so you, you just can get yourself out of it. He doesn't say that. No, God replies in, uh, in 6.14, he says, go in this might of yours, go as you are, and you shall see Israel from the hand of the Midian, save from the hands of the Midianite, because is it not I who is sending you? See, God isn't saying, get in, ignore your struggles, live oblivious to what's going on around you, or even pretend you're strong enough. He's saying, go as you are. And that's exactly what he's saying to you and me, for our communities, for the next number of while, is go as you are. But how many of us have, when God leads us into something, make every excuse under the sun, right? I'm not the most qualified, the most capable. This wasn't in my five-year plan, right? Anybody else? I mean, Heather shared last week, right? All right. But Gideon felt the same way. In verse 15 it says, God, he makes his excuses. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And me, I'm the least in my father's house. And what's even funnier in verse 16, in true sovereign of God fashion, he replies, yeah, yeah you are. But I will be with you and you shall defeat the many. See, God doesn't look at our problems. He looks at his power and his provision. And you may be here feeling like Gideon, the least, the weakest, the last, the smallest. But I believe God is encouraging you to go, go as you are. Don't wait for my power to come upon you and then you go, I've got all it all right. And you're going out and you're trying to get down the stairs with your big rucksack, right? No, he's saying, go as you are and I will empower you as you go. That opportunity that God's been presenting you, 
the one you feel inadequate for, step into it. Just know I'll be with you. Because I move through you weak and small people. See, some of you are here today and you go, God, you've been stretching me and challenging me in ways that I didn't see coming. I believe you're saying, step into it and trust me. It's not always going to be plain sailing, by the way, right? Let's not be oblivious to that. Because in Gideon's case, his story of trusting God gets off to a very rocky start. You know, we'll see, I'll not go into it all, but uh, if you want to highlight in your Bibles, you can see verses 28 to 35. We see his first, Gideon's first attempt to lead the people who are worshipping a false idol in Baal back to God. He goes and destroys the altar, right? But he's too scared to do it in daylight, so he does it at night. Anyone else scared to do the thing God's asking them to do? Oh, I don't want my, I don't want my neighbor to see me. I don't want my family to see me. I don't want to do that in front of them. I don't want them to listen to me speaking. I don't, oh no, that's go, oh, I can't do that, right? I know God spoke to me, but oh, I can't do it. But you know what's even more real in this story? Is when the people of God find out it is Gideon. They go to his house to kill him. But then Gideon's dad has to go out and fight and defend him. I mean, nothing's more humility when your parents have to fight. As a grown person, you're, you know, wait here, my dad, you know, oh dear, right? I mean, any, you know, I, me, mighty warrior of valor, right? You know, my dad, I'll be down with you in a minute, you know, right? That's not, you know, that's, not, that's hardly something that, you know, book deals are getting rid of, but you don't see that on God TV or, you know, TBN or any Hillsong channel, whatever it may be, right? But what do we see in the midst of, of Gideon's rocky start is fear and his humiliation. In Judges 6.34, it says this, and that's what we underline this. It says, the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. You know in the message translation, actually in the, in the, the, the Hebrew, it says, it's this image that actually it's like, it's like God fitted Gideon on like a glove. What that means is that the plans and the purposes of, of, of what God wanted he didn't have a fourth or a, a sixth or seventh finger. No, what God was doing in that midst, it was so perfect. Now, remember, Gideon was in fear and humiliation. But actually what God was doing by his spirit coming upon him, he had him in the place. He was moving Gideon into new things. You see that in the midst of, of Gideon's rocky start, God stayed faithful to him. God in his sovereignty knew what he was doing. And God didn't chuck Gideon under the bus. In fact, he kept his promise to empower Gideon. And he's going to do the exact same thing for you and me. And he is doing the exact same thing. See, whether you're here, you're scared, you feel inadequate. Whether you're here and you go, God, you know, he will never give up on you. He will never take away the gifts of his spirit and the power of his presence from you when you are seeking with all your heart to do the things he's asking you to do. See, trust and faith are so much easier to say than do, right? And the story continues for Gideon. If you're following along, it says in his next battle, you know, there was about 135,000 enemy Midianites. Now, there was, a, there was a wider population, obviously, but in terms of the Midianite was the focus. That came up against Gideon. Gideon, who only managed 33 soldiers. 33,000 versus 135,000. I mean, the odds aren't very great for his next chapter, right? But just when you think God isn't stretching Gideon enough, just when God, you don't think God's stretching you enough. Do you know what he says in verse 7, or chapter 7 too? He says, hey Gideon, I don't like those odds. If I was Gideon going, I don't want to hear this. Get behind me sitting, right? No. God says in, in verse 2, the people who are with you are too many. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't remember Pythagoras' theorem very well. But I know when we should be adding here, not subtracting, right? So God takes Gideon through a process of whittling the army down. You can go read it in the, in the, sub, the common verses, but it says from 35,000 to 22,000 down to tw or 300 in total. Now, what's the point? God does math different to us, right? But he is also the God of the impossible odds. You see, when you and I are here and what we see is impossible, God sees the outcome. When you and I are, see all the barriers, God sees the breakthrough. When we see a test, God's on the, already on the other side with the testimony. He says, will you trust me? Will you step into it? You don't feel adequate. You don't feel spiritual enough. That, that's all your human stuff aside. It. Stop attaching that to the terms and conditions of receiving my grace and my gifts for you. No, actually, you're in workspace righteousness. And I'm not in a, in a Catholic town saying that's just for, you know, and again, I'm not pinpointing any, any denomination, but we think that's just as, you know, as a church that maybe are more Protestant or evangelical, we just say that's for different churches. Can I tell you something? This desire, this, this thing we have to earn 
in order the gifts come out to be in a certain condition. That is not the case. God's grace, God's power and gifts come upon you when you're obedient and we're seeing that. Okay? In verse 17, we see God will, God, or Gideon's numbers down. We see that process happen because we see God say that actually it wasn't, it wasn't just the stretch. It wasn't just to get Gideon to squirm, but actually it was to get Gideon, you know, where the Israelites would say that actually we are going to do this on our own strength. But actually God says, no, I whittled it down so you'll do it in my strength so you will know it was me that brought you across. He limited the resources so that, he, that David knows power. Maybe you're here and you feel like God's taking things away from you stripping you away, taking things, you feel like you're going backwards, you feel like things are being subtracted when you're praying for things to be adding, right? And you're going, God, I'm praying one thing, but you're doing the opposite. What's going on here? You feel like when you pray, you are going backwards instead of forwards. Maybe you're, you know, he's taking away your comforts by asking you to do the things that are not in your skill set. Maybe he's taking away old friends and relationships that weren't good for you so that he can take you to the places that he has for you. That's hard. Or maybe it's things in your life that are materialistic that he's stripping away because we were finding our identity in them instead of our identity in him. Our significance in them instead of him. Sometimes we think God's taking things away to punish us. But I actually think he's taking them away to better us. And guess what? He did the same for Gideon. After the process where he whittled them down, God led Gideon and 300 men into action. And do you know how he done it? Again, in the most God way possible. If you're following along, seven fifteen says when Gideon heard. Well, just to give you the context of this, there was a process where God led Gideon and a servant down into the enemy's camp, and he heard the dream. And there's an interpretation of actually how they were very afraid of Gideon, what God was doing. Okay, so this is the context. But it says this: it says when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, "Get up!" This is Gideon speaking. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Dividing the 300 men into three companies, dividing already what was small into even smaller, he placed trumpets and empty jars in their hands and with torches on the inside. They're going into battle. He did what? He gave them torches in one hand, empty jars in the other that had torches in them. And he, sends, and he says, Gideon then says this, watch me. He told them, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, of remember the large army, he says, do exactly what I do. And when all of you who are with me blow our trumpets, from then all around the camp blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. He's going into a real battle with what? I mean, if you think about it, Gideon is saying, we are going to fight a larger than army than us, with a load, who have a load of swords and who actually will kill us with a bunch of brass trumpets and empty jars of torches. Is that not both backwards and funny looking? But do you know what I've discovered? Sometimes what God asks us to do is both countercultural, and we'll have people laughing at us. I mean, the picture of God and his men, or Gideon and his men is a funny one. But Gideon was willing to lead by example, but also follow God in the way he was asked, regardless of how backward or funny looking it may be. Because God had led Gideon through a process Ratio time and time again, I am faithful. I will empower you by my spirit. So Gideon, when he heard an, a so backward instruction from God, it wasn't because at the start, but no, but actually it was through, it was built on a testimony of God's faithful and he will power me. So God, I don't understand it, but you know what? I stopped fighting with that logic bit. And God, I'm going to do it. And he, he followed the voice of God and he stepped in with what seems so backward and so countercultural. And we'll see how it unfolds. Our community you know, when we do follow God, it does look stupid. It looks foolish. But you know what I found? The more I do this, the more it's foolish not to. And I can tell you something. With the healing and the power of God that we've seen in our lives, we would tell others it's not foolish not to. You see, what was the trumpet? Well, I believe that was a symbol of worship. That when singing, and when we sing and lift his name, things happen. When we praise the only one who can heal, deliver, and restore our communities with our hearts and our minds, the walls come down. Remember Joshua when he marched around the walls of Jericho with a shout? Or what about the torches? 
You know, the light of Jesus, that actually, it is by his word is a lamp to our feet. That through scripture and prayer, the prophetic follows, all of a sudden we follow his leading. What about the empty jars? Anybody remember the widow at the time of Elijah who had absolutely nothing? And I just said to the, to the woman, fill, take all the jars you have, put them out. He said, and the Lord will fill them. And they were filled. The oil is a representation of the anointing. It's a representation of the Spirit of God in our lives. It's a representation of God filling us where there's lack. Where we feel like God's taking away. It's then at that point that the Spirit of God comes. So that we don't do things on our own strength. Are we to refine our skills? Are we to get better? Absolutely. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. But God brings us in. God always exacts from us more than what we are ever capable of doing. If you feel out of your depth, you may be, depending on what context, you may be in good company. When we rely on the Spirit of God to come and fill where we lack or where we struggle. And this is how we win the battles in our lives. This is how we see culture and our communities transformed. It's how the lives around us we will see changed, delivered, and restored. That through being a church that's focused on worship, through following His voice and being filled and powered by the Spirit, and I know people you in this room and we long to see the power of God come upon us we long to see we know we can't I'm just telling you things you already know but we long to see the power of God come upon us in a way that we go that wasn't me that was him and that as we go we will see we will actually see people set free we will not talk about it but we will see people saved we will see more of that just doesn't you know what happened last week isn't to be an irregular occurrence it has to be a frequent occurrence you know you know the healings and the deliverances are to be a frequent occurrence but we like Gideon could be sitting in our wine press going God we hear the stories but my situation isn't matching up and what we can do is we can either keep focusing on the story and going that's the norm or we can focus on a situation and go well this is the norm because God's given up and we see that the story hasn't because Gideon said in verse 16, 6, 13. Where are your miracles? Where are your wonders? He knew that it was only through the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he could do it. Now he didn't realize that he was going to be the one implicated into it. So I'll invite, I'll invite Gareth back up. I don't know about you, but I really pray that on our community we would see the power of God, that we would see all of us equipped in the gifts of the Spirit, in the many forms and fashions that they come, that we would receive prayer languages, we would receive words of knowledge, we would receive things that, that are of a spiritual essence, but also come in such a relational way as well. And that all of us, if you've been here and you've been hungry for the things of God, you, and you've been dry and you've been stuck, and maybe you've been around the block a lot longer than some, and you go, do you know what? Look, I've been praying for that, I've been in the church a long time, you know, even before I was born. But I want to stand here to say, I know because I've experienced it in my life, but I've also seen it in others' lives. And I believe, you know, time and time again in Scripture, that God wants to come and fill us. He wants to fill our empty jars. Maybe you're here and you have a crack in your jar. And God is filling you, but it's just spewing out. We need healing on that. Maybe you're dry, or maybe you've been praying, and, and God has been starting something in you. Maybe then, actually, you keep coming for prayer to go, God, and you keep stepping in. To go, God, you know what? I want to see, I want to see this gift found in the flame. Are we going to be hungry over the next, over these next couple of weeks, just intentionally, to go? I'm going to be open to the things of the Spirit. We're not going to create a, you know, a, a gimmick service. We're not going to. We just are going to ask Him to come, and see Him come and move in power. Maybe these gifts of the Spirit are new for you. Maybe you're here and you're going. I don't really know. I remember the first time I ever went into a service and I, I put language that I never understood and I projected it on because I came from very mystical backgrounds, right? But actually, can I tell you something? As I've walked in a journey, whether it's in you know being filled with spirit, whether it's speaking in tongues, it, yes, it's different and it's heavenly but, and it's, it's not natural in a sense, but it's not possessive either. We engage in it. We engage in that which is empowering us. Because I long to see the wonders I don't have my Bible here, but I long to see the wonders and the signs that we read in the book of Acts, that we read in Scripture, happen. I long, because can I tell you something? As I go through our community, I go, Jesus is the only hope, but it's not enough, because we're in a Western culture, they know about Jesus. 
beyond our knowledge, and we don't have to come and tell our community about Jesus. They know him. Every church talks about him. Or every, yeah, every church, obviously. <laughs> I like to hope. Every school in our system, it does. But can I tell you something? They've lost the wonder, but they don't know the power of Jesus. And I know some of you here have experienced the power. Those color, that flavor, that light bulb moments, the more that happens to me, the more I get hungry for it. It's not about a, a feeling, by the way, but it's something about unforgiveness. You know, even in this past month, I've had, and I've stood up here and told stories where I've had to forgive or I've had, to, I've had experiences in my life. And, I'm, and there's other people who have come here to you, but even in this past month, God assumed me something I had unforgiveness about. I had to forgive, and it wasn't easy. But the power of God came in a way that I thought, man, I'm not doing that again. And I feel that repentant, that move. Or there's t- I can sit here and tell you, and I've probably shared it before, about weekend parent fastings where people have had to lock up around me. It's not because I, I've come here and I have walked the journey and I know I'm not here to try and just put language because sometimes, you know, things are spirit and we are trying to put language and it's important, but sometimes you just got to let go and let God do his thing. And as a community, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them, but too many of us either have a preconceived idea and we need to, and hopefully home groups and things like that will be a space where we can talk about it. But also we, we control or we don't feel worthy and we let it, I for so long, you know, wanted the things of God but didn't believe he could give them to me because I didn't feel like, you know what, they were for me. Do you know what the other thing was? And I'm going to be really, really honest. I also was afraid of being exposed. Shame is rife in our churches. And I'm going to be really honest. I don't want us to be a community of shame. But shame exists in our church too. We're not immune. It's real. We all are afraid to lie. When God shines his power on his light, get in. God exposed him, not to shame him, but to free him. We have to, it's not that we come here and we burrow, you know, uh, there's spaces and places for that, but in a service, when he comes in the power of his Holy Spirit, the reason, and I'm speaking only from my own experience, agree or disagree, but I was so afraid of people seeing my tears, seeing my stuff come out, see, so afraid of people seeing me lie before the God cause, on the floor because I was overwhelmed. I had to have a posture, come on my Sunday best. But can I tell you something? Sometimes we come to Sunday and we're not in the best at all. We are all, and I'm not doing it because I believe we can do miraculous things through God, but we're all a bit screwed up. We've all got stuff, but can I tell you something? I want to have a community where we go, do you know what? And if I have, and I'm not immune, I'll create spaces where subconsciously it might shame you or it might be, you know what, that wasn't a space where you could be yourself. I'm sorry, but can I be honest? I want us to be a church where the power of God comes and he can't come when there's shame. I really believe it's one of the reasons why Northern Ireland hasn't seen a move of God. And re- That's a real bold statement because it has seen a move of God. I'm not going to be very naive, right? But I'm talking about where we see multitudes, where we see our communities, where we have said they're never going to experience Jesus in a powerful way. They're never going to give the right Jesus. We've ripped them off. I really believe that God wants to come. But can I tell you something? I have to stand. I'm not gonna, it's not the place for me to burrow my soul. But I'm going to tell you and say, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Can we get over that? And can we just allow God now to come and move? Empower and we pray for each other. You know, we are going to pray and we are going to, and over the next number of weeks, we will get back to, you know, our, our prayer team will have masks and so on, but we will go back into Len Hannah. If you want to, you know, come and receive Len hands, like we are going to do that. We need to get, you know, as, as time allows us. But we need to ask each other to pray for us. Can I tell you something? I see it. It's so hard to shift the culture at the front because we're not willing to go up and ask for prayer. But can I tell you something? The more people I talk to, and I, I'm being, I know people sometimes, I feel like it's a gift God's given me, is we all have got stuff. Why are we hiding? Why are we stopping? Because we don't want to be shamed. And I get it. It's very real. It's, it's, it's just what, why they call it an emotional stronghold. We've got stuff. But I want us to see a culture because see the people in our community, they come in and they sniff it. And they want to walk into a place of freedom. Remember the, the context and the spaces we talked about? We have to, we have to create this. That culture's not going to land out of the sky. Can Journey Down Patrick be a place that is rid of shame? Can it? We have to step into it. And we have to decide, you know what? Do you know, it doesn't mean you come up with problems. <laughs> it's not, I mean, uh, you know, it's like, oh, Father, I've sinned, but you make up all the, just to get out of confession. That's what I did when I was in peace. Well, because I was a good boy, right? But actually, if your life's doing great, God, I've got this thing coming up. You've asked me to do something. Can you bless me? 
can ask the person for to to, to, get, to hear a word to go. Hey, can God encourage you? Or you're here and you're going, my life's in tatters, my marriage isn't working, my kids are, you know, in the rebellious years and whatever it may be. Can we just create a culture where we go? Do you know what? And I'm going to ask as a stand, as we close, and it's not about. I don't care about how many people come up to the front. That's not what this is about. But we have to create a, a culture where we we need. Not that we need each other, use that word lightly, but we we call on each other. Now this story was about Gideon, but Gideon wasn't a one-man band. He had 300 men. We don't know who they were. We don't hear it. But we're a community. are not going to see that community changed and transformed. You know, over the number of years, I've, I've got to really talk with some people who are blunt, and they tell me why they don't come to church. Because you Christians are judgmental. But can I tell you something? Because shame causes us to judge that and others because we haven't dealt with that which is in us. I'm not here to talk about just emotional inner healing. But I'm genuinely talking about if we want to see, I'm not here to just talk about revival because to be honest, that's how you end up dry again. I want to experience it. And if we don't create a culture where it goes, you know what? I'm going to seek, I'm going to step in. So if you're here today and you're hungry and you've stopped contending with yourself and we always will, and you want to step into the, the, the presence of God more and you want to step into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want us all to close your eyes. And if you want to step into the more of God, if you've decided I'm going to stop putting on my Sunday best, and I don't mean you come in your birthday suit either. But if you're like, I'm going to stop being plastic and fantastic, I'm going to stop and I want to, I'm going to decide as part of this community, I'm going to help rid shame so that when people come in the doors, they experience a freedom place. But also as we go, we don't carry shame because that's where the culture is too. It's in you. And if you want to decide you're going you're gonna to see the, the, the culture of shame by, then I want you to step forward. And you're going to decide. Just step forward, step aside. I want you to do that now. And just go, I'm deciding to step in. God, I'm afraid because I know what you're going to ask me to do. But I'm deciding that I want to be part of a church. I want to be part of a community that's not perfect. But actually we would decide so that down Patrick, that Balton Hench, Cross Guard, Killalay, Kalinchi, the whole lot, we would see saved for the name of Jesus. Because otherwise we're just here for another holy social group. And that's not what we signed up. So God, I pray as you would come and give your spirit, would you equip us? Would you empower us? That we would let go of comfort, we would let go of, of shame, but we'd also let go of our control. And we will let you come. God, we're all in need of you. And God, I believe that you can take us into the places where Gideon, he was the one who said he was the last and the least. If you can use him, God, you can use us. Take us, the last and the least to see this place, to see our communities changed and transformed. Father, we need you. But we know in chapter 8, Gideon and his men went on, not only to defeat the Midianites, but also said other towns and villages began to see your power. So may God, we go and we see your power. As, as our community knows Jesus, they would experience the power of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, come as we worship.